0: Um, I guess, uh, we'll just go ahead and start, uh, uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your, uh, dog life journey.
1: Uh, Alright, um, uh, my name is, um, uh, Lester Cannon,
2: with, uh, Cannon Bulldogs. Um, so, as a kid, I always had, well, not always, but I've, I've had a lot of dogs, but they never really were, like, my dog, I guess you could say. So, when I was, um... Think about twelve or thirteen. My mom, my mom's a police officer. She was a police officer. She retired, and she met my stepdad, and he's also a police officer. And at the time, my stepdad, he was he was breeding Rottweilers. He had a really nice male and female pair that he bred and stuff. So, like instantly, like you know, and he, he had been into dogs for a while. I think he before that he had a Doberman. And I think he had a boxer or something like that, and um, yeah. So like, I learned a lot from him. This is probably like, I don't know, maybe ninety two, ninety two, ninety three. And so um, yeah, so I got in, I got into the Rottweilers. I was so happy, you know, that to have a you know have my own Rottweiler as a kid. And then um, I want to say we had the, the Rottweilers for a while, and then he got. my my stepdad got an American bulldog and it was an adult I mean it was like he got I can't remember where he got it from but it was an adult American bulldog and so like he was doing like a lot of training with it at first because he didn't like I don't know he's kinda old school he's like he didn't trust it yet. Like he was like I I gotta like, you know, show him who's the boss first or whatever (laughs) before I because he was huge, like he was a huge American bulldog. And um so and I, like, I really liked the American Bulldog. I liked him a lot. Like, he, he was a really nice-looking dog. And then I think around that time, I had got that, um, that book, The World of Fighting Dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the orange one. No, or not it's not orange one, the green one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so I, I, like, I learned a lot about American Bulldogs from reading that book. Like, I think back then, I used to call them like the American Pit Bulldog or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yeah, so, like, um, after that, um, I think, my dad was kind of crazy, like, I think at one point, like, we crossed the American Bulldog with the (laughs) Rottweilers just to see how they would turn out. I don't even think we even kept any of them. I think he just sold them off or or gave them away. We just wanted to see how they would look, you know, how they would turn out. And they pretty much, I think they looked more like the Rottweilers. They were, uh, like brindle like fully brindle they're kind of cool looking dogs but so then after that i um and another quick story like i want to say when i was and we and that was our thing we did like we tried to do like a little bit like protection training because he had a, another friend who was a police officer and all he had was pickles like he had like three or four pickles he had like um I don't know what bloodline they were, but he had this one like really mean female, like she would bite anybody. She would bite men, other dogs, like she didn't care. Like she was just like a little tornado. She was probably like 30 pounds. But then he had this other dog named, uh, he called him Capone, his name was Capone. And, and at the time, like, I guess I didn't really know. I don't think, I don't know when American bullies, you know, actually came out of the woodworks, but this was probably like, 97 and like Capone was huge. Like, I mean, he, he, I, like, looking back at it now, he had to have been a, like an American bully, you know. But right. back then, we were just like, damn, this is a big ass pit bull, you know what I mean? Like, we we're just like, damn, he looks so scary because he was just huge, and you didn't really see pit bulls like that big back then, you know. Yeah. And then, I think once, one time. Like one time we, I think I have a video of it too. Like, right? like we were doing like with our little homemade sleeve, freaking like, uh, like I had my little my Rottweiler because I we had uh, we had did one litter with the male and female pair that he had, and then I got to keep one, and then that was like my dog, and um, and like we did like, you know, I let her. Uh, hit the sleeve while well, his friend, you know, his friend was wearing a little sleeve, and then um, I, uh, I got, I, I let his little pit bull hit the sleeve when I, when I was, you know, wearing it. And I think, you know, we just rotated through all the dogs, and the funny thing, like we had this big, I mean, this big right? Rottweiler. I think he was maybe like 140 pounds. He was like huge, and. um, he wouldn't even bite the sleep, he wouldn't bite at all, like, he didn't do anything, like, you, you know. and, and, like, we would always have company over, I remember, we'd always, his name was Nero, we'd always have to put Nero up, you know, because we were scared, we were going to bite somebody, so we'd always put him up, you know, like, in, in his kennel,
1: you know, because we were scared, and he, you know, something would happen, and he was, he would always bark, and make all this
2: noise, and, you know, my stepdad's friend came over, and he came out all you know, creeping up. And, and my my dad had him on leash, and he just he didn't do shit. He just <laughs> he didn't do anything. He didn't do a damn thing. It was it was pretty funny, but but um yeah. So I have my I have my little Rottweiler, and I and I loved her, and like I kind of I kind of like taught her to you know go after stuff. You know what I mean? Like looking back, I'm like. Fifteen-year-old kid shouldn't be like running around with a Rottweiler that like likes to bite people. <laughs> but I mean, I, I freaking loved it. And then, like one time, like one time, um, and, and she was, like, like I, I, I remember like walking with her, and like someone would approach, she would like get real quiet. She would kind of uh, perk up, and she would wait till they were like. Five and you like lunge at him like try to get him. like every time like I, every time like I couldn't take her nowhere and then one time I don't know I was I think I was probably like yeah, 16 and now I, I like saw this girl that I went to high school with and the girl like pretty cool, like, she was she was chill at the time, but the girl, you know how, how people like to bend over, like, into the, you know, into the dog's face, and, like, hi, you know, she, like, bent down to, in the dog's face, and she, like, lunged at this girl's face, and I, like, yanked her back, like, right at the last second. <laughs> and after that, I was like, you know what, I can't, I can't the dog out of me, because I was like, the dog's gonna bite somebody, and I'm gonna get in trouble with my parents, that's what I was thinking, you know. Yeah. So, Long story, long story short, um, I, I joined the military, so I joined the Air Force out of high school. And then I think I want to say, I think I gave that Rottweiler to my cousin. He got rid of those dogs. And then I think I had came home again. And then he got a, um, he got an alapaha from uh, cattle wrestle cattle rustler kennels in California. Cause then that's where we're from we're from California. So he had um, that dog. And then, like, and he still he had, he still had um I don't know if you remember the dog I told you Capone the big American bully pit bull like he um I think he had a, a female related to that dog so he had he had that pit bull and then he had the the Alapaha and then we had like a Jack Russell Terrier and um. Yeah, and then so when I came home, he had the Alapaha. The I was like, I was really, really impressed with that dog. Like, he, I mean, like, I know there's like a bunch of controversy around who had the original Alapaha and what they're supposed to look like. But this dog, like, like, looking back, it was really small. It was probably even like smaller than most old English bulldogs. But it had like so much fucking drive, man. Like, like everything that dog did was like 100%. Like, it was almost like a game dog in a bulldog's body. Like, you like, you put his food in the backyard in his cage, he would just, like, jump on it and knock it over trying to eat it. If you, like, tried to give him a, like, if you tried to give him, like, a something, like a treat or something, he would damn near, like, bite your hand off trying to get it because he was just so, like, like, enthusiastic about everything. And, like, you play with him and stuff. You'd have to be super careful because, like, you'd be playing with a tug and he might try to, like, you know, uh get his, get a better grip or a better bite and he like almost bite your damn hand like he was just so like go 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 you know and i fucking love that dog and um then i had i i, I came out of there i got out of the air force came back home and they still had those those three those three dogs and like i was like in love with that dog and um so then i was home for a while and um Then I decided to uh, join the army instead. So then I joined the army and then I got stationed in Florida and it was like I lived lived on the base so I couldn't have like my own dogs and you know it's kind of hard having dogs in the military because you know you're constantly moving but Mm -hmm. I finally had I moved off to the base. And uh this girl that I was dating at the time, she knew that I loved like American Bulldogs bulldogs in general, so she had you know, this is back when, you know, people still sold shit in the newspaper and she found in the in the newspaper she's like, Oh, I found these American Bulldogs, you know, they're or not American Bulldogs, uh Alapaha Bulldogs and she was like, Yeah, they're you know, they're for sale or whatever and we went to um it was in Alabama, I was stationed in Florida, but it was like on the border of Florida and Alabama, we we'll call it florida Alabama. And And um, I went, it was like a farm actually in there. It was like the lady who
1: was selling them, she was a vet tech and she had, um, she had these really nice dogs, like really nice. The, the male was really nice. And the the mom was like pretty aggressive, so she put she put the mom inside because she was just too aggressive. And um, she only won like three hundred bucks. I
2: mean, this was like fucking two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think two thousand seven. She only wanted like three hundred bucks, and I, and I think I was the first person, so she was like you know, like I basically had first pick. because she didn't really, you know, like charge more for first pick or anything. So I picked out. Uh, I don't I don't know if he's seen any of my dogs I picked out uh, this this dog I call him Bronco and then I had him when I was living in Florida and and like it was kind of funny because I was like I was at the time like that was when like I started to see you know like a lot of that BSL stuff started popping up with, with pit bulls and stuff. And then I even started to see that it started to spill over into like American bulldogs too. Because what a lot of people were doing is they would rent apartments and they would say that their dog, they would be like, oh, is this an American bulldog? It would be a pit bull, but they'd say it's an American Bulldog Mm -hmm. because, like, back then, people weren't really, like, they hadn't caught on to American Bulldog yet, Mm -hmm. so they didn't have a bad reputation, so people would just, you know, oh, this is American Bulldog, and you know, some of the the Scott, you know, style almost do look like pit bulls, especially to someone who's not really familiar with, you know, bully breeds, and so, like, that's why I was like, I kind of want to go with, you know, American Bulldog or a something other than like a pit bull that kinda would, you know mm. you know, wouldn't I wouldn't have to deal with those issues. But, you know, people still, you know, think that they're pit bulls no ma- you know, no matter what. And I remember like I would go to, when he was like probably, you know, nine months old or whatever, I would go to like the dog to the dog parks there in Florida with them and like people, <laughs> people would like leave as soon as I walked in. They would yeah. just and I was like, you know, and, and the funny thing is like I would take him in there and he would be super friendly. And it would be like all these little like, you know, little ankle biters and mutts and stuff that would be like aggressive. And so um, yeah, I had him down in Florida. and I was trying to make him like, you know, a good bully breed ambassador. And I, it was kind of funny because like I remember I think that was the first time I saw like a um like an exotic bully cuz I didn't I didn't even know about them. This was probably now 2008. Now, I don't know when they like first, you know, came out or whatever, but I remember I was, I was somewhere like at the beach and I saw, I, I, I like called my dad like as soon as I saw it. I was like, I was like, Dad, I saw the fucking weirdest <laughs> I was like, this big bull like. Oh, He's like Yo, it, it, it looked like a cartoon or something. He, you know, he didn't even believe me when I told him. And I, I was like, is this like a, you know, different bloodline or whatever? But I think that was like the first time I saw like a really, really like exotic one. It kind of like blew my mind because they looked weird. So then, um, then I ended up getting stationed in Germany, and you, they're like super strict about like what type of dogs you can bring there and all that stuff so i couldn't bring them with me to germany so then um so then i left them with my um with my parents and um and i was in germany for a while i was there for like six years and then when i came back um i was close to close to retiring so i figured like all right finally you know i'll have some stability and then i can like start up you know my, my own kennel and my own program and stuff. And, like, while I was in Germany, um, my, uh, my that he bred Bronco a couple times. Like, he bred him, to, he, and like I said, my dad's kind of, like, he's, like, a bad scientist. Like, he likes to just mix stuff just to see how the puppies will turn out. And he doesn't even keep them half the time. So, like, he, uh, he bred Bronco to a, um, he bred Bronco to a, uh, an old English bulldog. Yeah. He had, and, I, and, and that's the thing, like, my dad, like, he doesn't really, I don't know, not keep up with paperwork and stuff like that. So he doesn't even know, like, the name of the guy that he got the bulldog from or whatever. But, you yeah, from what he told me, like, and the, the bulldog did look pretty good. Like, she was she was pretty big for old English Bulldog. Like, she still had, like, the more, like, English Bulldog, like, type, but she was, like, really fucking big, though. And, um... And the puppies were pretty... were pretty... were pretty nice, but, um... Like, he he ended up, like, I guess he, he got rid of her because he said she was just, like, super lazy. She was, like, a really lazy dog. He was just like, eh, I don't really like lazy dogs. But we... We like placed some of those puppies with um with different family members or whatnot, and then when um and then when and that was another thing when I was um when I was in uh, Germany, I was I really wanted to get um I wanted to get Old English Bulldogs and I wanted to get American Bulldogs when I came back like I had kind of had like a, a plan of of what I wanted to do um. I really liked, when I was in uh, Germany, I really liked um, some of uh, Brian Miller's dogs. He has some really nice dogs. Um, I remember seeing some videos, I think, like, maybe it was like 2008 of his dog, Static. And I really liked that dog. And um, and I know my, my dad had always told me about um, the Gargoyle bloodline. Uh-huh. He, like, really admired the, the Gargoyle dogs. So when I got back to the states and I like I was looking for a place, I finally like got a house that was you know pretty good size with a good size yard. And uh, we found a breeder in um, in California that had some old English bulldogs for sale, and like like I, I I wanted to go with old English bulldogs because it was the same thing like the reason why I wanted to go with the Lapa and the Americans is because I wanted to kind of avoid the BSL stuff, you know, like all, like all the drama that, you know, it's, it's hitting the pitbulls And, you know, I live, I live in the, in the suburbs for the most part. So like, you know, you can't really, you know, you just want to be, you want to avoid as much drama as possible. live like such such close proximity to other people. And so,
1: I figured
2: the oldies would kind of be, you know, they wouldn't be as like, you know, dog aggressive and stuff like that. So, you know, it would be a good breed that I could get into as opposed to like the Alapahas and the, um, I mean, and the Americans. So I, um, I found this breeder in, um, in California. They had some really nice, some nice puppies. And what I liked about theirs is that they were, um, they were taller than most Old Englishes,
1: but they still kept, like, the bulldog look to them.
2: Because the problem, like, it took me, like, almost a year to, like, buy my first dog because it was, like, everybody, like, either people had dogs that had, like, a lot of English bulldog in them. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, they basically looked like an English bulldog. Like, almost exactly like an English bulldog. Or they had, you know dogs that were really skinny and they didn't really have like good musculature, you know, they looked like almost like a boxer, you know? So it's kind of like, and with old English, it seems like it's like a fine line to kind of dance between like going too far one direction and then you know, going too far in the other direction, you know? So what I liked about their dogs is both of them they
1: both, like I said, they still looked like bulldogs. They didn't look like boxers, but then they weren't like really short either. Mm-hmm. And so that was um,
2: the first female that we got. And then um, I've, I've always wanted to try to add more American bulldog, like more Johnson, American bulldog to to the oldies, just to give them a little bit more size and, you know, more, um, you know, musculature. So we picked up another American bulldog that we want to use later on with our oldies and so far she's turned out pretty nice. She hasn't had any issues like the first one that we had. And um yeah and then we and then we got another uh another female oldie from a from a breeder uh locally in Washington that um we we're really, really impressed with. Um she has really good structure. Um, really really thick rear really athletic a lot to drive like all of our all of our oldies have like a lot of drive like and all of our dogs live outside you know they don't just sit on the couch all day like they get exercise and stuff and that's what we we really liked about that female she's a little on the smaller side cause I like for me I, I prefer I prefer them a little bit taller but not too tall because then it's like you basically have an American bulldog at that point, you know, Right. but yeah, and that, and that's pretty much where we're going now. Like a, the, the, the first litter we did with uh, Laika, our, our white female, um, we kept, we held one female back and then we placed uh, a male with a friend so we can use her, you know, later on, use him later on down the line. And then our other female um, Oprah, we did a litter with her and we kept the mail from that litter and then I placed the mail with my with my dad. Um I seen like stuff that, that we've been doing, And I know he's been interested to get a dog, so I gave him one and we'll probably give him another one from our next litter so he can kinda start another program alongside ours. But like at the moment we have eight dogs and like I said, we we live in the suburbs, so it's like I think that's as
1: many as we can have at the moment. Right. And uh, next year we're moving,
2: and once we move next year, it's like open season because we're we're looking at trying to get um at least two like two to five acres so that my uh, my wife you know she likes horses and whatnot and. Um, going to get, you know, and have enough property so, you know, she can have her horses and then can still have more dogs because I'm going to retire, like, I'm done with the military in 2022. Mm -hmm. So I basically want to, like, lay the foundation so once I'm done with the military, and I don't have to worry about, like, you know, moving and traveling and being gone for a long time. I can, like, you know, focus 100% on my my dog, my breeding program. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, so that's, that's, so that's one of the things, like, everybody had, like, the old English Bulldog is, like, all over the freaking place, you know, because everybody has their own idea of what's, like, you know, what's ideal, and, um, you know, none of the, reg- I think only the Levitt Bulldog uh, Association really, like, I don't know, holds any type of like guidelines or, you know, restrictions on what you can do, so it's like all uh, these bulldogs are like freaking open season, you know, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people get and complain, like, you know, some people like, you know, and, and I'm one of them, you know, I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to, but I found that it's kind of pointless, you know, because some people will say, oh, you know, the dogs need to be um, like they were, you know, capable of bull baiting and all this other stuff, and then some people will say, you know, you know, they're just a companion dog, or whatever so like it's just like it's never gonna go anywhere as long as there's no one who um no one who controls or limits the type of breedings and whatnot you know people you know bitch about different colors and it's just it's crazy you know but for me um i prefer like my ideal dog would be about like 19 inches at the withers You know, for for oldie, I would say like 19 inches at the withers would be great. I mean, like I like them to have you know good musculature, but I don't want them to be too heavy because when dogs are like really heavy, they lose like a lot of their you know their agility. I mean, if you if you look at like the number one canine, you know, athlete, which I would say is a game dog, be that or maybe like Belgian Malinois or something like that. But those dogs are not heavy dogs. You know, you can't like you can't have like big, huge dogs like running, jumping, being agile. And I mean, they can, but it's I mean, a lot of them end up getting injured and stuff if they fall along. It's I like I like nice, muscular dog, but I don't want to be too heavy, so for me, I would say, like, around 70 or 80 pounds, like, max, you know, um, I don't, I don't like when their chests are narrow, like, I prefer, like, a nice, square chest, not extreme, I mean, I don't like, bowed out, you know, arms and stuff, but, I, you know, a nice, square chest, a really thick rear, um, I would say, like, for me, one of the challenges I'm working I'm working with now is, like, um, nares and top lines. I mean, top lines aren't, I mean, because you have, you know, the English bulldog blood, you're going to have, like, a little bit of a, like, roach back, but I'm trying to avoid, like, sway backs, you know, that, and that, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like it's been too hard to correct, if you pick, you know, like, to correct, you know, by picking like the right studs or, you know, like, like picking the right dogs from litters and picking the right dogs to put together. Like obviously you not put two dogs together, that have the same, um, faults. Mm-hmm. Um, nares, nares, everybody always bitches about nares, but, and I, and I feel like people bitch about nares because that's something that's easy to point out in a picture. Right. But what I noticed seems to be more of a problem is soft palate, you know, and the soft palate, you can't see that. And a lot of times, like that doesn't even develop until like the dog is like over a year old, you know, like it can have a, you know, breathe perfectly fine. And then once the dog's like a year, year and a half old, then, you know, that's when it starts breathing kind of bad. So something that that i've been kind of looking out for because because i've had dogs that you know that don't breathe that good you
1: know and you know that kind of limits what they can do and
2: i have noticed that not so much the nares or necessarily the muzzle length it's just it's just how that soft power develops because i've had like um oprah my um my shorter female she probably has the shortest muzzle out of all my dogs and she probably breathes the best of all of my dogs. So, like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't want like a super, super short muzzle, like a recessed muzzle or anything like that, but I don't really use that as like the defining factor when it comes to breathing. You know? Uh, for me, I, I, I prefer to have at least like a two inch muzzle. You know, I I don't, and I don't really like when dogs have ropes, like big ropes, like it looks, I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm Um, yeah, like I said, colors don't really matter to me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, like, yeah, people like nice, pretty coats, but it's not something that, you know, I would, you know, base my... You know, my picks off of obviously if you got two dogs that are everything is exactly the same but one has a prettier coat than the other then yeah I pick them all with a prettier coat but like a lot of people that's another thing I know it's like a lot of people that's like their driving factor you know like coat you know right. um, and the other thing too that I that I really it's like rears you know like a lot a lot of them a lot of them out there like you know they have straight stifles and and you know it's that's something that I've been trying to focus on and it's really hard because it's kind of hard to find other dogs you know to, to bring in that that have because, like, my, my concept is I try to find dogs that look better than mine, you know, to bring to the, to the gene pool, you know. Not dogs that are just as good or inferior, you know, you want to find dogs that are better than yours. And it sucks because sometimes that means you have to, like, go overseas or, you know, go to breeders in other countries and stuff. And, you know, that can be expensive. And then, you know, if it dog gets started, it doesn't turn out or it's not like what you thought it would be then it's kind of a, kind of a letdown. <laughs> and then if it's, you know, if it's too small, I mean, like, I don't like when they're, you know, when like their chest is almost touching the grass, but like that, that's too small f- for me, you know, for me, that's not what I like. And I think I like something kind of like moderate, you know, like 17 would be like the lowest I would like. And the tallest I would like is probably about 20. Yeah, got the withers. Oh, the last, the last litter. Well, not the last, uh, the second before last litter. Um, one of my, one of the guys that I work with in, in the army, he said that he's gonna, um, he's planning on doing um, protection work with that one. So I'm really excited for, about that because I want to see how that's gonna turn out. He, he said he already had the, the puppy like evaluated by a trainer out there, and he said he's gonna start doing that pretty soon. You know, once the puppy gets a little bit
1: older. So I'm really excited about that, and once once I move and you know I'm out of an the army and I have more time, I definitely want to do some of that myself
2: with um, with some of my dogs as well. Um, we're gonna have like we're gonna have livestock because you know we, we feed our dogs mostly uh, raw, mm-hmm. and so I, I was thinking about trying to um, raise some some animals to feed the dogs. And I kind of wanted. I mean, you know, I was kind of going back and forth about that because some of some of our some of our dogs are like they're they're weird. Like some of them are you know real friendly to people, but not to other dogs. Some of them are like friendly to dogs, but not people. You know, so I don't know. Like I don't think my dogs would make necessarily a good livestock guardian. Plus, I've never had them around animals, so I don't know how they would react around other animals. So. See, I was kind of seeing I was kind of thinking about how that would work out but I think you know since those dogs don't have you know that natural instinct and if they haven't been raised with them you know from a young age I don't, I don't know if that's gonna work out but I, I would like to try to use them to guard the livestock in some way shape or form but that's pretty much it I don't I know my wife wanted to... She said she wanted to try to get into, like, agility and stuff like that, but um, I don't know if she'll have time for that, but mostly just uh, maybe some bite work and stuff like that. Yeah, and, you know, I I just thought they might be, like, a good general all-around, you know, farm dog, because, you know, I want to definitely keep, you know, people... I mean, I want to keep, you know, four-legged... Intruders off of off their property too, but you know it's also good to have something that's going to stop people. Now, if it doesn't work out though, I've kind of been looking into um, maybe picking up some type of livestock guardian. When I was so when I was in Germany, I I came across quite a few uh, Russian people who had um,
1: who had uh, what do you call them Central Asian shepherds, and I kind of like I, I love the way they look, but when I started doing research
2: about him, I was like, Yeah, that's probably not a good dog for the suburbs from from all the stuff that I read about him. So I was like I was like, Yeah, maybe one day if I have some land I might get one of those and then i i can't and i because i'd never seen them in person i mean you don't really see those in the u.s like very much but i used to see them in uh in germany pretty often and then i um and Kangals, like i saw a few Kangals, because there's a lot of um there's a lot of turkish people in germany mm-hmm. so they bring they have Kangals over there and i had never seen them in person but those dogs are like, huge but um yeah, I thought about maybe getting one of those or something to throw that into the mix to have on the property. But I want first I want to see how you know my own dogs will do the dogs that I have now before I, you know add something else. Yeah, in my job in the army, we, I'm I'm in veterinary services, so we we take care of the military working dogs and we, and we take care of um, basically like food safety on the base and stuff like that. And so like in my last deployment. Back, I was. We were working with the, um with the working dogs like a lot, like more than I usually do, and like it was pretty boring. So almost like every like once a week, the handlers would uh, like people would put on the bite suits on the on the on the field, and they was you know it was for fun. They would put on the bite suits and run from the dogs. And they people, they would chase people down, and jack them up and stuff, and it was pretty fun. And like seeing that like every day, I was like, man, you know, I was kinda like thinking about crossing over the, the borders to, <laughs> to like one of those type of dogs. But I just couldn't do it, man. I was just like, nah, like I don't know. It's just something about like bulldogs that I that I really like. Like I could probably do a like a band dog or a borable because to me, they look very, you know, they look very similar to me. So, like, if, yeah. you know, they a short coat, you can see their muscles and stuff. So, like, it's still in the same vein to me. But I, I kind of, like, was really thinking about, you know, getting the German Shepherd or or, um, or a Mal or something like that. But I was just like, nah. And, like, and yes, by all means, like, those dogs could definitely, you know, outperform, you know old english bulldog or most you know bulldogs but there's is something about them that i that i that i love and you know it is it is kind of like i guess you could say it's kind of like beating your head against the wall right like it's like if you're trying to do this thing this is the better tool for that thing you know but it's like when you when you have success using a different tool than what's every what everyone else uses all the time, I don't know, it's just a certain level of satisfaction. You know, when
1: someone says, Hey, you can't do this or this won't work and you make it work and you make it work well. It's like you know, like that um, what was that, that English bulldog that they had at that, um,
2: that agility course. Yeah, yeah. Remember that video that went viral and that that English bulldog just took out, out of the gate? I mean, like you see freaking Australian shepherds and you know all these little herding dogs. You know, run those course all the time, and I mean, you see them take off. It's like, oh, what to do? You know. Well, you see that that English bulldog take off. Like everyone was on their feet. because so it's like, oh my god, this dog can actually, you know, do some stuff. You know. So, and that's what I like. Like I, I don't like. Lazy, like I, 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 mean, maybe the fur people won't like me saying it, but I mean, if I had like a lazy dog that would do anything, it, God, it would be gone. I mean, I'd find someone else take it. You know, like, like all my dogs like had to be active. I, like I had, I had um, like the last litter we had, like all, of the, all of the puppies were like chasing the um the flirt pole and stuff and going crazy for it. I mean, they were just they had so much drive and like I loved it. You know. It's like, I can't have a dog that won't do anything. In my opinion, I mean, people, I may catch flack from saying this, but, like, Old English Bulldogs, Alapaha Bulldogs, American Bulldogs, like, to me, all three of those dogs are kind of, like, the same thing to me. Because, I mean, there I, I could pull up pictures of, of an Alapaha Bulldog, I mean, depending on which one you're talking about, the Lana or the, you know, the CRK or whatever, but I I bet you I could pull up pictures of old English bulldogs and people would think it's a Johnson American bulldog and vice versa. You know, like, they're all very close to the same formula. So, like, for me, you know, I kind of have that that mad scientist thing where, like, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I, you know, cross this dog with this dog, you know? And I definitely want to do some of that in the future. Like, I, I don't... Necessarily care so much about, you know. I mean, I, I do have like, you know, my paper, you know, IOEBA, ABKC, whatever dogs, but when I have the, the space to do it, I definitely will, you know, probably cross maybe Americans and Alapas and Oldies, or whatever, just
1: to get the best high performance bulldog. Because, like, you know, there's, there, you know, there's the Scott
2: American Bulldogs, but I don't really like how they look. Like to me, some of those, like, if you really look at, like some of them almost look like a dogo Argentino. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so it, to me, it doesn't look like, you know, I have the Bulldog look like I want a dog that looks like a Bulldog, but can still perform, you know. So I'm not opposed to, you know, throwing American Bulldog a lot high all that in the mix to get the right dogs or get the dog that I want you know like I said I'm not opposed to you know mixing things up for my general purpose like I wouldn't like if I was to do that I would you know I would tell people like, hey this is this mixed with this you know you like it or you don't I don't care I think the problem with, with the old English bulldog specifically is is that people are breeding what people like or breeding what sells versus like, hey, this is my vision, so this is what I'm breeding too. I mean, maybe your vision isn't the same as mine, like maybe you don't want an athletic dog, but maybe we're just breeding what's gonna sell, so like, you know, which would be colors and wrinkles, you know? That's it's like I had a conversation with me and my wife had like we had kind of like a theory about this and we were like of like why um well that's another tangent about the french bulldog but um you know the english bulldog is, is is usually it's pretty much unhealthy right it's it's screwed up i mean there's some out there that are actually really nice you know but those are like few and far between right so most english bulldogs are like train wrecks so like then you have the old english bulldog that's supposed to be a healthier version of the of the, of the english bulldog you know but what people, what people do is they basically... It's almost like they try to catch English Bulldog... Potential English Bulldog customers with the old English Bulldog, you know? So they... Like, oh, these are, you know, healthier than the English Bulldog, but they're almost the same because, you know, they have so much English Bulldog in them. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like... You know, they pull from the English bulldog, you know, customer, and pick them up. My whole mantra now is just like, I'm just focusing on my dogs. You know, I don't care what other people are doing. And, you know, other people who are like minded, you mean, you know, who have similar visions. Like, there's some other breeders who I like their dogs. And, you know, maybe I'll, you know, either use one of their males as a stud or buy a dog from them in the future and stuff like that. Like, there's some people who have some nice dogs that I like. But, you know, I just focus on my yard and what I want to do. Like, it's like all I think about when I'm over here, I just, like, can't wait to get, like, I have so many breedings in my mind and written down and, you know, other dogs that I've seen online that I'm like, oh, that dog looks real nice. I might want to use him for a stud. You know, that's all I really focus on. When I look at the, the World of Fighting Dog book and I look at the dogs, because they, I mean, the whole chapter on Old English Bulldogs just David Levitt's dogs, you know? And they look very different from there to like how his dogs look now, you know, very different. I, I personally like how they looked in that book more than I like the current, the, like the, I guess it's the finished product. Maybe he was still like perfecting it back then, but I like the older ones better
0: if you were going to introduce uh, another breed into your program that's kind of outside the box that uh what would that be what would, what, what dog kind of dog would that be probably
1: a borbo yeah
2: i would probably because i i mean like every time i see videos of borbo's moving it just like I don't know. It just does something to me. It really the, the first time I saw like one, I, I was at a um, it was an AKC dog show in in Washington State at the fairgrounds, and I I, I I had really been I had never to be honest with you I had never been to like an AKC dog show like it was like crazy and you know because they had all the different types of categories you know you had the toy breeds you know and all and it was funny like all the toy breed people like they were what you would think toy breed people would be you know <laughs> it was it, it was like a that that area of the arena had its own vibe you know was, you should know be what i'm saying and then you know there's the working and stuff and it was it was pretty cool and we, we were waiting around and then they uh they they showed the Borbles. Oh my god, this this one boarbles, the one that won. It looked like it should have been playing fucking uh, football. Like it looked like a linebacker, man. Like the way it like trotted around the ring, like it was so massive. Like his his fucking rear looked like my thighs. You know what I mean? Like, it was just crazy. Like that was probably like the most. Impressive dog, like I've ever seen in my life. But that freaking Borbo was—it uh, was like all muscle and compact. It wasn't all leggy, you know. Like it was like the perfect proportion. Like it wasn't stumpy, it wasn't leggy. It was just like just right, you know. So if I was to add something other than a, you know, American Bulldog, Alapaha, uh, oldie, an Oldie, I would add Borbo, like hands down, like, and, and from what I was reading about their temperament and watching, like, a lot of
1: interviews, I really like, from what I read, like, they really like to be around their owners, you know, they're very loyal dogs,
2: so, like, I think that would be, you know, something good to add to a, to a program, and that's a lot, of, that's, like, kind of something that I, I wish I could, like, take Mr. Levitt's brain because I I I would like to see like what American Bulldogs he used you know what I mean like because if you were to you know build your oldie from scratch you know what I mean like the type of American Bulldog he used would would make a big difference too and and there are English Bulldogs out there like every now and then I do like I see you know some English Bulldogs out there that do look be good actually or like Ooh, that one looks pretty nice actually i guess you just have to hunt those down and then put them to
1: the to the right dogs the the magic cocktail is american a lot, uh,
2: and old Yeah. i i don't even know if i would even start with english bulldog's Unless you found like a really really nice one to start with, because there's like I would probably start with a with like a F one old English bulldog mm-hmm. and maybe go backwards.
0: Yeah.
2: You know I you know the other dogs that I really like is those um I mean I don't know if they if they would be for me but I do really like the the look of some of those Pacific bulldogs. Have you seen those? Yeah, absolutely. They're, like, they're little pocket rockets, man. (laughs) Like, they're freaking ripped.
0: They're freaking ripped. Like, they're some really cool-looking dogs. Dogs I've been really, the Bulldogs I've been really liking a lot lately, too, is the old Boston Bulldogs. Yeah, I hear those are pretty, pretty feisty. I
2: want to try a couple other breeds, you know, just to say I had one and see what they're like. But on the other side, on the other side, I'm like, if I can't use it in my program, I kind of don't want to take up space. <laughs> out, you know what I mean? Like, because in my mind, I'm like, that's that's
1: space for another bulldog that I could be taking up. So that's why I'm like, man, I kind of want to get like a life side guardian. But then I'm like, uh, yeah,
2: maybe one of you guys can just duty is that because that's another bulldog that i could have yes yeah. yeah so i i i would really like to get a patterdale terrier at some point yeah those everything that i've read about they just seem like such an awesome little dog we had a, um i thought like i said we had a jack russell at one point and it was kind of funny like the Jack so the Jack Russell was a male and then we had the female pit bull or American bully, whatever she was. And um, and we had the Alapahub male. And so we kept the uh, Jack Russell in the kennel with the pit bull and he was like he was like really high strung, mm-hmm. you know, he was a real high strung I mean Jack Russell, you know how they are. And like he would always like Fight on the female pit bull, and she, you know, she, he was, she didn't care. Like he was like a flea to her, you know. But he would try to do the same shit to the Alapaha, and the Alapaha wouldn't like take that shit. <laughs> so, so, I remember one time, um, I think I was like petting the Alapaha, and the Jack Russell just bit him for no reason, just started attacking him, and like it was like slow motion, man. The fucking the laba picked him up by the scruff of his neck and was like shaking him like a freaking rag doll he had that he had the jack russell in the air like a chew toy just slinging it around and like i i i, I, I had to break him so i broke him up right and the jack russell like it made him even more crazy. Like, he started running in circles around the Lapa. And I was holding the Alapaha. He started running in circles around the Lapa and trying to go at him again. So then I had to, like, I had to kick him to get him away from the Lapa. Like, and I, once I got him all separated, I checked Jack Russell. He didn't have a scratch on him, not a single scratch on him. And he was still trying to go at the, the Lapa. Mm-hmm. I was like... This is a badass little dog. And in my mind, I'm thinking if the Patterdale is, is you know, tougher than a freaking Jack Russell, then that's a the little dog that I might want to have to try out one day. Freaking shit, man. I just, you know, I love bulldogs. Um,. And like now that I'm about to retire, I pretty much want to just sit on my property and breed some badass dogs, you know, and I'll link up with um, with other breeders who are trying to do the same, you know, because you know you can't. I mean, you kind of can, but it's better if you know you have help, you know, kind of collaborate with other people. Yeah, exactly. And I'm jealous that you got to talk to Miss. Got to do an
1: interview with David Levitt. <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Yeah.
2: Cause I was another shit, I was sitting there listening to that thing taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Cause he I wanna say he was talking about some of the uh, he was talking about some of the uh, setbacks that he had and stuff like that, and I was like, oh man, that's really interesting. And that was like good
1: information to know. Yeah, he's
0: he's a smart
2: guy. And too. you know, it's kinda of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And it was it was kind of funny. Like some of the same stuff. I watched the interview, or not even the interview. It was a, a vlog from oh uh, man, I don't even know the guy's name, but the guy who who uh, started the the Gargoyle line, uh-huh. uh, Renaissance Bulldog or whatever. Like he was kind of saying the same some of the same stuff that that Mr. Levin said. I think he he was basically saying like you know he was doing his program and then he got he like tried to put dogs with other people to help him out and then I think he got sick and while he was sick like those people started doing their own thing and not really sticking to what he wanted mm-hmm. and I think and then like he I then mean, I think after that he kind of just like stepped away and I think that's kind of I think Mr. Leavitt said something similar to that like he said that um you know people think they know better you know (laughs) like when you try to you know bring people into your program to help you out and then they think they know better and then you know they try to do something different than what you wanted to do you know what i mean
1: yeah
2: and i gotta say real quick before we go like keep doing what you're doing man like I think I think somebody posted one of your interviews in one of the dog groups and I was like man I started I like watched like three or four of them like in a row. I was like asleep watching them. I was like I really I really enjoyed these interviews man. These are these are really good, you know. So that's like big props to you for doing that like between you have you ever seen that that dogumentary TV yeah. guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
2: Uh, on YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, like between his his channel and your channel, like it's really good, man. Like this good content, really good content.
1: And I really feel honored that you you know you asked me to do one.
0: No, it's definitely because I you know I saw your dogs and and um, for me it's always dogs first and then people second. And so what you I saw your dogs and and what you were. Kind of what you were saying, and it kind of matched up to what your dogs were, and and so I really like your like your vision, and I look forward to seeing the future. So, well,
2: thanks, man. Yeah, we're just getting started, bro. Yeah. Just getting started.
0: I hear that, and I, and that, and that's kind of my thing is like I like to talk to people who have the passion and 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 are are getting started. As as much as I like talking to the David Levitts of the world, so.